reaching across the country for the biggest sports news this weekend. From Atlanta to Seattle, from Boston to L.A., this is Big Sports Radio. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley, Joshua Ewing on the board. Hey, it's a big show ahead. Brandon Gauden, veteran play-by-play man for Big Ten Network and Fox Sports, is going to stop by. You want to know how big this is, just how much he likes us? This guy is constantly on the move. Super talented dude. Has only two days off this month, and yet he's taking time to hang with us. I mean, that's how cool we are, people. I think it's just because of Mike. I'm sure that's why. You know, Brad, there are times that you're spot on, and there's times that you're really spot on. <laughs> right now, you're really spot on. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he has heard. He's heard about the kegs. Uh, we'll also take a look around uh, the Big Ten as well. Look ahead to some of this weekend's uh, action, too. Hey, how about uh, college basketball overall, guys? I mean, top-ranked Houston was a 20-point favorite. They lost. Defending champ, a potential number one seed, Kansas. Has dropped three straight going into playing Rupp Arena and uh, and Kentucky Saturday night. Baylor's had a three game losing streak. UNC was preseason number one. Kentucky preseason number four. Both fell out of the rankings weeks ago. What in the you know what is going on, guys? Well, in the age of the transfer portal and NIL and players moving around like crazy, I, I just don't think there's any consistency in, in it's it's really crazy. Um, and, and I also think you know you you're going to see teams that aren't together in December that are going to be together in March. And so I don't think the best teams in December, January are going to be the best teams in March. The the team that probably is most surprising to me, though, is North Carolina because they brought all those people back. They should have been like ready to roll going into this season, but they're more like they were last year when they were an eight seed and just happened to get hot at the right time. Yeah. I, I actually think this is going to help coaches who have a little bit of background in, in like junior college coaching um, in, in the smaller, at the lower levels, because they deal like even division two, they deal with more roster turnover. And at least for a few years until D one gets used to that. Um, I think having a coach who's got that in their, on their resume probably is a big advantage for some teams. You know, and it's funny when you look at, I, I see, I love this. I love parody. I love the underdog. I love the guy that you, who, who you didn't see coming. Um, I love what Nate Oates has done at Alabama. I mean, the, the tide, um, you know, the struggles of the night, but still the number, you know, right now ranked number two, obviously Houston. I'm not a big Kelvin Sampson fan. I respect who he is as a coach, Tennessee, Rick Barnes, what he's done. How about the big 12, three teams in the top 10 right now, K state with first year coach, Jerome Tang. I want to talk about him. Uh, Kansas lost three straight and Texas. You thought with Chris Beard being fired, they would fall off. But guys right now, if I'm Texas and the brass there, I'm drawing up a contract right now to keep uh, Coach Terry there as your full-time coach. What he has done in Beard's absence has just been fantastic. Oh, no question. I mean, you're coming into a volatile situation there, too. It's not like you're just replacing somebody. You're replacing a situation where, you know, a big-name coach gets removed for a, you know, pretty heinous act, and then here we are. You know, you've got to take control of that team. That That's really impressive. Yeah, and I wonder at Kansas State does does Coach Tang become a um, become a target for one of these bigger schools if there is a uh, you know a firing or a retirement at the end of the year because he's just come on like gangbusters. 
Yeah, I mean, that's amazing what they've done. They have the two guys back from last year and, and in Noel and uh and then uh, uh the transfer, the guy who transferred. Um but they then they bring in all these guys. I mean, it's just it kind of like, you know, the other guys done a great job and not maybe I guess the SEC, but Dennis Gates in Missouri. How about all those guys he brought yeah. in? And I mean, just bringing in five new guys and you know, put them all together. It's it's really crazy. It's it is like you said, Mike. It's like a junior college era where you got new guys every year and you just throw them in. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, by the way, I should mention as well um, on the AP poll, TCU is eleven, Iowa State twelve. So five teams um, from you know, and the Big Twelve is not a mega conference, right? Five teams from the Big Twelve. In the top 12. I mean, that's just, it's just insane right now. Um, I love, you know, you see great storylines. Sean Miller going back to Xavier. He's resurrected that program. They're in the in the top 15. Um, Shaka Smart's got Marquette looking good. Baylor, again, another Big 12 team in there. Uh, Miami, Jim Laranega, what he's done. Uh, and then some teams you don't see. Charleston, the College of Charleston, ranked number 18. FAU, Florida Atlantic, one loss. And you look at their resume, I mean, they're they're top ten RPI. This is this team is not a slouch. This is not a Cinderella. That's a team right now. You really have to watch in March. They've got the resume to to make a run and maybe get into the second weekend. That's fun. I mean, you you got these little little schools, College College of Charleston, Florida Atlantic. Um, you one of those guys makes a run. That's Cinderella. I mean, that's what the NCAA tournament's all about. And and this year is going to be harder than heck to pick it out who it's going to be than normal because the, the top, I think the whole, the, the difference between the top teams and the average teams has been reduced this year. Um, and, and we talked before it comes down to the matchups, you know, like for example, Purdue may not be the greatest one seed we've ever seen, but Zach Eady for certain teams is just going to be like the abominable snowman out there. They can't do anything about it. You know, so we just got to, we've mm-hmm. got to see what the matchup is. Or you might see a team that could could run him off the court just with speed, you know, and get up and down the court. So it, it's it's going to be a wild tournament this year, and even the conference tournaments are totally unpredictable. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, St. Mary's another small school in there, uh, New Mexico with uh, uh, Richard Patino. Um, you know what a story he's done leaving Minnesota, going down there, and what his job. He's got the Lobos back in the twelve twenty five the top 25. And um, I just think it's, it's, it's exciting. I mean, I love this time of year. And, and again, you know, we're talking about, you know, a, an AP top 25 without the likes of Duke or North Carolina or Kentucky. Um, I mean, that's where college basketball is right now. And another Indiana, another blue blood is not in there right now. So although they, if they win Saturday night, uh, they probably will be. So um, it's exciting. It's, it's a lot of fun just to, uh, to go through and, and, and watch and, and, you like you said, you look at two things, a couple of things in March. Um, who has the uh, the game to knock off? You know, a big boy, which we've said right now, there are no big boys in college basketball this year. Everyone's pretty even. Number one, and then who can go? What team can go on a run? And there are a lot of teams that fit that cri- that criteria um, as we uh, build our way toward uh, toward March. Um, time now for our first break. Brandon Godden of Big Ten Network joins us next. Glad you're here with us on Big Sports Radio. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it. If your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. 
they can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation. 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160-800-390-5160-800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492. 800-816-4492. That's 800-816-4492. Glad you're with us here as we, boy, it's scary that we are almost into February. It means we are one step closer to the NCAA tournament. Uh, we are lucky to have one of the best uh, play-by-play men back on the show with this Brandon Godden, who does so much work for Big Ten Network and, and Fox Sports, and he is back now to give us his perspective. Brandon, good to see you. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Larry, good to be back with you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey, let's just dive right in. This Big Ten, obviously, Purdue is Purdue. Um, you know, Minnesota struggles a bit, though they've, they're, they're getting better, getting more competitive. Um, Nebraska scared some people, but really, you take two through 12, and really, it's, I mean, it is, it's, um, we, we could have, you know, a couple of du- double digit seeds in the semifinals yeah. this year in the Big Ten tournament, the way this is going. Yeah, I thought beginning of the conference season that five games, five losses might win the conference. And I still think that's possible, but with how well Purdue is playing, I don't know that they get to five losses. But for everybody else, I'd be shocked if they had fewer, five or fewer. I mean, it's just the way that the cannibalization, if you will, of the league is going right now. I do think Purdue as you alluded to, is the best team, right? They're number one in the country. They clearly have had the best success in conference play. I still think just because of the nature of this league and how tough it is that they probably are going to stub their toe a couple more times. Or let me say this, if they don't, if they would somehow run the table the rest of the way, that would be one of the most amazing stories because this is just such a gauntlet that you've got to go through. And those road atmospheres, as you know, Larry, are so darn tough. Um, but but what Purdue is doing is incredible. But yes, I mean, the rest of the pack, minus Minnesota, who certainly is at the bottom, uh, it's just like, roll the dice. I mean, in, on any given night, roll the dice and good luck figuring out who's going to win. And you mentioned a great word of cannibalization in in the Big Ten. Think about this. This week in the, in the AP poll and the coaches poll as well, Purdue's number one as the only Big Ten team that's ranked but during the year, there have been 10 different Big Ten teams that have been right. That shows you um, the, the parody of this league and how you're right. They're just 
you know, eating each other up. And I think by the time they get to March, they'll be happy to go play somebody else other than one of their Big Ten opponents. Yeah, but that's a good point, Larry. We talked about that last night on the broadcast about all the teams that have been ranked, but right now just Purdue number one. I think that might be the case kind of going into the Big Ten tournament just because, again, you might have teams sneak in from 15 to 25, but then the next night they go and they lose somewhere. And so it's it's to see that's where that top 25 it's great right we need it 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 creates conversation and talking points but it can also be very deceiving because the big 10 if you if you would have a top 50 you know the big 10 would probably have eight more teams from 25 to 50 um so it it is a little bit deceiving but it is strange how the rankings work are, are working out so far this year for the conference yeah and and part of that again is because like you said there's so many teams right there with three losses four losses you know even even five losses um, we looked at a team like Indiana was was one and four and and then, you know, going into uh, after the weekend had won three straights, um, you know, Illinois and Iowa, I think both were oh and three starts and then won four straight. I mean, it is and then they lose. So, I mean, it, 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 it's it's Rutgers finally cracks in at number 23 and then they lose in the game you did last Friday night at, at Michigan State. So um, it's crazy. We'll take away Purdue because it, that's a kind of a separate conversation. What is there another team? that has surprised you with their play? Uh, and I know it's a tough question because, again, yeah. um, they're all they're all playing so well. Well, here's what I would say. I would say the way that Indiana got off to a rocky start was probably the most surprising thing to me. Now they're starting to right the ship. Keep in mind, a lot of people have overlooked the fact that they're still missing two very key pieces. I, Race Thompson and Xavier Johnson. A lot of people talk about Xavier Johnson because he's a senior point guard but they have another guard that's so good in Jalen hood Shafino that I actually think Race Thompson is the more important missing piece to that Indiana puck. They're both important. But when they get Race Thompson back, if they can continue on the uptick that they're on, I say, I just said this last night, sleep on Indiana at your own peril. Because remember, this was the team coming into the season that everybody thought was a national title contender. It wasn't Purdue. Now, Purdue clearly is. And Purdue, everyone was not right on Purdue at the beginning of the season. Purdue is darn good. But I think Indiana, when it's all said and done, when we get down to the Big Ten tournament, we could be looking at that Hoosier team the way that we did early on and not here in the middle part of the season where everybody has forgotten about them. Now, they still need to shore some things up, for sure, on the defensive end and on the offensive end, too. Um, but I, I think when healthy, when those two guys are back, this Indiana team is as dangerous as anybody in the country. I really believe that. You know, I think you're right. When you look at, uh, and I think the play needs uh, the two games over the weekend um, of Trace Jackson Davis, who's this week's Big Ten Player of the Week, and rightly so, averaging 33 points a game. And those wins over Illinois and Michigan State. The Illinois win was was one thing that um, you know, the, you know, as Mike Woodson and Jackson Davis both said, you know, the double team never came, so we kept doing the same thing and it kept working. And he scores a his Big Ten career high thirty five points. Um, <laughs> but he followed that up with the game against the Spartans that I thought was even more impressive because Tom Izzo had that tape to work with to scout, and yet he still goes for thirty and thirty one fifteen and five blocks. Um, yeah, he's just, and I think that. Part of this for him, I've, I've been a critic of Trey Jackson Davis. I felt he, I'm waiting for him to hit his potential. Um, we may be seeing that, I think, finally in terms of a player who's worthy of Big Ten Player of the Year and All-American uh, consideration, um, and it's and it's just getting old. You know, you don't have seniors very often who stick around with his skill set, um, and yet we're seeing that now with uh, Trey Jackson Davis. Yeah, I agree. I think so. I kind of have a theory, Larry, that with big men – 
and college basketball now because at the next level they're becoming extinct, but teams, especially in the Big Ten, seem to always have them. That there are sometimes when you have a Trace Jackson Davis or Zach Eady can become such a pressure of, oh, we got it, we got to get the ball inside, we got to get the ball inside. That for Indiana at times when I saw them last year and early on this year, there's such a focus on that that it becomes watching Trace Jackson Davis operate. Mm-hmm. And I think the magic elixir is when, yes, Trace Jackson Davis is getting the ball and able to score, but when they're able to run the offense through him and the other four guys are still moving and that ball is popping and they're hitting open shots. Now, that's easier said than done, but I just, I just think when the Indiana was hitting their struggles last year and this year – it was almost like, okay, let's see what Trace can do. Oh, we haven't thrown ball, Trace the ball the last three possessions. We got to get it inside, and and it kind of becomes this Trace or nothing thing. And I don't think that formula works. Not because Trace isn't a great player. I just don't think that that system works when you're playing in a conference like the Big Ten. Um, but the last couple of games with him scoring and opening things up for everybody else and the ball moving better uh, again, I think that's Indiana's recipe for success. And we'll see if they can continue to duplicate that. Yeah. A couple of the teams that um, there were three teams ranked preseason. Indiana was the first. I believe they began at 14 and stayed around there for a little bit before they fell out. Uh, the other two teams were in the 20s, Michigan at 22 and Illinois at 23. And both teams have um, had their wins, uh, especially Illinois, the big win um, uh, over UCLA out in Las Vegas in November, um, beat Texas in New York. Um, in early December, went into a funk, uh, came back, and then a couple of big wins against a ranked Wisconsin team in Michigan State. Um you, you, you've got Michigan, though, that fell to Central Michigan. Um, they're without their point guard, Llewellyn. That's a big thing. But what's up with these two teams that we thought would be contenders um, for the Big Ten title? Michigan's still up there uh, in the upper echelon right now. They've managed to get some wins. Um, but both teams have kind of struggled to find consistency. Yeah. So for Michigan, I point to Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson at times this year has not looked like the Hunter Dickinson of last year. And I don't know what it is, uh, but sometimes I just have not seen that fire in his eyes that we grew accustomed to. He's a very confident young man. He, he he has said so. He has his own podcast where he's very vocal, and he's a darn good player. He can back up his words with his play. At times this year, he just hasn't looked the same. And you know, we talked about Trace Jackson Davis and the Indiana offense funneling through him. That offense needs to funnel through Hunter Dickinson, and he's a really good passer out of the post. So when he gets it, he should be able to distribute. And it just hasn't been the same at times this year. The one game that I saw that I did for them where I thought that's the old Hunter Dickinson was when they hosted Maryland and won by 35. Now, he always has a chip on his shoulder for that game because he's from the D.C. area, and I know that that game's personal to him. He didn't like how Maryland kind of looked him over a little bit. Um, but but if, if they can get him – going more consistently, that's still a very dangerous Michigan team. I, I don't know that it's a it's a top 10 Michigan team or maybe even a top 20 Michigan team, but is it a team that can get in the tournament and win a game or two? Absolutely. I don't think there's any question about that. Remember, they did it last year as an 11 seed when they barely limped in because they've got the talent. And Jet Howard is such a good scorer, uh, and he's only going to get better. I mean, heck, he's he's 20 games into his college career, and he, he probably will only get 35 at college before he <laughs> goes to the next level, but but we'll see how he goes here. Uh, for Illinois, what I would say quickly, and I know you cover them ad nauseum, Larry, I think Matthew Meyer has more in the tank. We've seen it in glimpses. I think that kid is so talented. Um, you know, you look at him and you're like, this kid play basketball and then you see him move on the court and it's just effortless. It it reminds me a little bit of a Butler player, Gordon Hayward back in the day 
Yeah. Uh, the way that he moves and the way that he kind of glides, I just I think if if he can be better on a consistent basis, again, we've seen it in doses. He's had some great games. Uh, I was there for the game against Michigan State when I was like, yes, that's the Matthew Meyer that I saw a little bit at Baylor. Uh, so he is the one. And then Coleman Hawkins. Hawkins, to me, is frustrating to watch. And I say that not as a knock on him, but because I know there's more in the tank. Uh, You you remember the triple-double earlier this year, and there are times where Coleman Hawkins will do something like, holy cow, Like that's that's an NBA move. That's an NBA play. And then he'll have these lapses of four or five possessions, and then Brad takes him out of the game, and it's frustrating. Uh, So, again, consistency. Those two guys, if they are more consistent, this Illinois team is – very, very good. And I know the fan base has been frustrated with some of the peaks and valleys, and I get that. Um, but I'm not I'm not giving up on on the Illini yet this year, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I, you're right. And I think when you look at the Indiana loss, how lopsided it was uh, after the game, Brad Underwood saying that that Meyer was was sick with the flu and went over four. And that's the reason why he didn't play well. But you're exactly right. Uh, talking here with Brandon Godden uh, of Fox Sports uh, and also Big Ten Network. We've got a couple of minutes left with him. I uh, want to get your Perspective nationally, we just saw Kansas suffer three losses in a row, arguably a one seed. If you if you put the field together right now, they lose three in a row to the team that won the national championship before them, Baylor, who has also lost three in a row uh, this year in Big 12 play. I mean, that's how nuts this is. Uh, Houston, a 20 point favorite, and they lose uh, to Temple. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's it is it's maddening for fans. But I think this is fantastic because we're going to go into um, for the first time that I can remember, and you can actually, we're going to go into the tournament and there will be some teams that are four seeds and five seeds that will have a legitimate shot at getting to the final four. I mean, not just to, well, they could if this and then that. No, they really couldn't make it happen because they're athletic or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think uh, we kind of hit on it earlier, but overreactions happen in stages. There's the early season overreactions and then there's the mid-season people jumping off the bandwagon of the people that they were excited about early on. And then all of a sudden those teams write the ship and then people try to get back on that. Oh, I told you, remember I said it back in October. Um, And UConn is another one of those teams. Uh, I've had a couple of UConn games and then all of a sudden that they were so good, they were undefeated and then they lose four of six, I think. And everybody's like, ah, well, throw in the towel on UConn. And look, I don't know. They may fully spiral out of control and finish in the middle of the pack in the conference. I don't think that will happen. But if they are in the NCAA tournament, I'm just telling you, UConn's healthy. They've got as many horses as anybody, and they can make a run and win a national championship. So they're another example. Uh, Alabama, I I just saw them for the first time because I don't get to watch a ton of SEC ball. I saw them for the first time last week. They've got dudes. I mean, they've just got yeah, yeah. they've just got guys that can play and score at all levels. And and you know, you think of Alabama, you don't think basketball, you think football. But this is becoming a really good basketball program, and they could win it all. Um, and and it, let's just have a moment for Kelvin Sampson and what he's done at Houston. Yeah. I know that people struggle to to buy into him because of his NCAA issues in the past, his time at Indiana, all that. Okay, I get all that. Um, but man, what he's been able to do at Houston, uh, in in a conference, that's not a power conference, a conference that by everybody else's measure has, has gone down over the years, but he has turned them into a national contender now for several seasons in a row. And even though the loss that they just had, that was surprising, 
again, another team that certainly can, can go to Houston and cut down the nets in their hometown. Uh, that's a storyline. So, uh, yeah, a lot, lot of teams nationally that, that can get it done. But but parity, as we always see, I say, Larry, seems to reign supreme. And I think we're seeing that here in the middle part of the season. It's a lot of fun. And you're right, what Houston has done. I think it's, it's easy to forget because we have short term memories but what they've done the past couple of not just this year yeah this is a byproduct of what he's built yep. over the past several years and, yep. and getting to the second weekend the past couple of years at a final four which as you yep. know at a non-power five conference is is uh, tough to do even in basketball hey i, I want to make sure i get this in because you and i get a chance to talk on a semi-regular basis uh you know i always enjoy our conversations when we uh, we bump into each other tell people about your schedule i know last week you had like a game a night. I mean, what is it like? How many games do you do in a season and, and how do you keep up with it all? And how do you prepare for each game? Cause you always are on point every time you go on camera. Well, I appreciate that. At least you and my mother agree. They may be the only two. <laughs> um, I, for basketball, it very, it's going to be about 45 games this year. And then I'll do the NCAA tournament for Westwood one on radio. Um, but yeah, it it's, it's what's a little tougher about the schedule, and I say tough in a good way because I'll do as many games as they want to assign me, but Big Ten Network and Fox are partners, but they have two different people that schedule the games, wow. and so they send me the schedules that they would like for me to do, and it's like a jigsaw puzzle trying to put it together, and then once I step back and look at it, I was like, oh, I'm only going to be home for two days in January, <laughs> one of which is today. Um, but look, I, and, I, and I mean this, I grew up in Indiana. I was surrounded by basketball from when I was a little kid. So this time, of year, I love all sports, but this time of year, I'm like a kid in the candy store. Uh, so yes, it is a lot of travel. I'm based in Atlanta, uh, but that, that airport, Delta Airlines is my best friend. And I just bounce around where they send me. I keep extra ties and an extra sport coat on hand just in case they need to send me somewhere else, which happens from time to time. So it is busy, uh, but it's a lot of fun. And I think I've now done it. This is my sixth year doing television. I think I've done it to the point where I've got a system down that I can prep for a game on pretty short notice and get ready to roll. That's exciting. Well, and and you say that this is the one of the days we are thankful that you spent a few minutes of your off day with us because we know you've got a lot of prep for the games that are coming up. Hey, Brandon, continued success uh, to you, and uh, we will try not to bother you later on, but we may call you again on, <laughs> from an airport. Just call in and get your thoughts at some point. <laughs> Good to chat, Larry. I'm sure I'll, I'll see you at a game here soon. Absolutely. Okay, Brandon, thanks so much. Safe travels, my friend. Thank Take you. Care. Uh, Brandon Godden, once again, of uh, Big Ten Network and Fox Sports. Great to have him. And and again, uh, when you've got a listening to a game and you hear somebody uh, very smooth doing his thing as a play-by-play guy, it's uh, probably Brandon. Stay with us. We've got much more to come after this. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News and World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053. 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. You're listening 
to the Big Sports Radio Network with Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy. It's a wild year in the Big Ten, as we just talked about with uh, Brandon Gauden of Big Ten Network and Fox Sports. Only one ranked team this week, Purdue, and they're number one after 10 different teams have been ranked this season. I mean, it is, again, it is so tough still eight, nine games into the, the Big Ten season um, to really know who the top four or five teams are. Yeah, I mean, Purdue has distanced themselves. They've got a two-game lead on everybody. But then you just take all the rest of those teams, and there's like a jumbled mess from from two to about maybe eight or nine. And it's you're just trying to like, I, I don't know who that is. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Uh, I don't know uh, so you. I don't know whether to say they have a lot of depth or where they have a lot of slightly above average. I don't know what the, what the correct answer is. Yeah, it's interesting because if you take out Purdue and you take out Minnesota, you got 14 teams within three and a half games of each other. So <laughs> it's it's almost like, uh, you know, one of those jumbled things where you would take the magnetic, you know, one word and put the next word and you start, you know, putting <laughs> them together. That's kind of what we've got here. You know, as I look at it, to me, there's two teams that really stood out as that I was way wrong on. First off, apologies to Northwestern, at least as of right now at five and three, playing good, good ball. Um, and then the second one is um, Wisconsin coming off a loss this week at four and five. Um, those two teams, I, I would have reversed their their standings. Um, but beyond that, it's hard to know if anybody was right about anything. It really is. And, you know, I think Northwestern, you get a pass because Northwestern is, you know, look, one time in the NCAA tournament. And I think we going into the season, we thought maybe Chris Collins, look, if they don't do very well, maybe maybe he's on the hot seat. Um, but they're a much better team. But Brad Sturdy, something you always talk about. And and I know that um, you've had these discussions with Brad Underwood and the, and the Atlanta coaching staff is about getting old. And you look at the teams at the top, Zach Eady is a veteran. Um, Hunter Dickinson is a veteran. Rutgers has the same guys back as last year. Northwestern has veterans in Adij and Bowie. I mean, you know, that's where the difference is made. I think when you've got these veteran players who have been here before and have played in the Big Ten before, that's such a big difference. Yeah, I think that's totally, that's a huge part of it, having those veterans, those older guys that are able to to kind of steady your team when they've been through the wars and, and they make better decisions than, than maybe younger guys do and they understand situations. They've played on the road in these venues. We know the Big Ten tends to lead in attendance every year after year for basketball. So they know what it's like to play in these sold-out arenas when everyone hates you on the other side. So um, I, I, I really think that, especially in the backcourt, Zach Eadie's also, he's old, but he's also like two people on top of each other. I swear he has stilts. There's no way that he's that tall. And so it's not really fair, but he's, he's, he's the difference maker. I think for Purdue, I think, you know, he's really made them at another level and nobody else really has a guy that is that dominant. And so they can't really, maybe that's why they're separate. That's separated them a little bit from everybody else. Yeah. And it, it is, it's really interesting as you watch Purdue, um, you know, Matt Painter just, puts out good teams every year and he, you don't see him at the top, you know, of the, the, you know, the top 10 best classes in, you know, for high school recruits, you don't see him leading, you know, the country in, in transfer portal signings yet somehow 
he manages to understand and recruit the players who fit his program. And then he keeps them at Purdue so that the team can age. You got to give him, you got to give him credit for doing a job well done. And he's doing it kind of old school, even though he's not that old. No, that's a, that's a great point. And um, boy, they're in it year in, year out. One of those teams, like you said, that he just probably doesn't get the credit. Um, and I think part of that is because Purdue is yet to make that big splash in in March. They had the Elite Eight game a few years ago against Tennessee, or I think it was Tennessee, or Sweet 16 game. Um, maybe it was Auburn, possibly. It was one of the, I don't know. But they were in the Auburn bracket. And when they had uh, the Edwards kid, and um, you guys know what I'm talking about. But anyway, but yeah, but it's that was the one year, but they – Again, you know, they 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 will get to a point and then knock it further. I think that has hurt them. But um, you, you look at this, it's just funny how you've got just so few teams, um, even just two games over, um, you know, 500. I mean, I, I remember looking the other night after the, the Northwestern win, when they got the win, and they were one of only four teams at that moment that were two games over 500 in the Big Ten. And we're almost halfway through the Big Ten season. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Great. It's parody. It's parody. It's it's the Big Ten is thinks to the NFL all of a sudden. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is. And I, I do think um, the number of games they play in conference, I wonder if they ought to cut it back by a couple um, and maybe put one cupcake and put one tough team, you know, that, that is a nice inner regional game or something. Well, multiple coaches, Mike, have talked about the grind, you know, playing two day preps six times in a row. Um, both Illinois and Michigan State have hit that. And there's going to be a game in there. Illinois won five out of six during that stretch. But it's still a, it's a grind on your body, and it, it makes it really tough to, uh, to, to play at your top level, I think. So, you know, Michigan State did well in that stretch. But, you know, how does it affect you later on in the season, you, that grind and not, not, no, no rest in, in those preps? Well, and Brad, that's a good point. And that's my concern come March is that it is such a grind that you know, it may be one of those where we've kind of joked in the past that is it better if you lose early in your conference tournament to get a few extra days off? This may be one of those where you may see a team lose on Friday um, that you thought was a really good team. And it may try to be a godsend as you get a couple extra days rest uh, for your legs on this. You know, one thing we just heard, you know, Brandon Godden uh, talk earlier when when I was asking him about, you know, how do you project for the rest of the way? I mean, everyone's projecting Purdue to do well, and they probably will, but we'll see how these freshmen um, can do in the final 10 games for them. After that, it's it's hard to predict who would be right now. You, Each one of us, you could say, okay, who are the, the two, three, and four seeds come Big Ten tournament time? We probably would have three different teams, each of us, in terms of who that could be. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I was looking at which teams do I think can make a run in the NCAA tournament. I think obviously Purdue's the, a team – uh, the other teams I think that are kind of built to make a run would be Illinois um, because they've, you know, a couple guys who can really make shots and really score and, and they play really good defense. I think Michigan state has the guard play and the toughness maybe to make a run down the stretch. And, and then I think Rutgers is the other team. I think Rutgers has some pieces that could allow them to win a couple games um, in the NCAA tournament down the road. Indiana obviously is the team that was hyped all year. Maybe they could, but they're going to have to get healthy if they're going to, they got to get Johnson and Thompson back if they're going to make that run. Yeah, I, I would concur with that. I think, I think Indiana is the one that you, you really think, um, you know, could, could make some noise. Maryland and Wisconsin are hard to know what you get on any individual night. Um, 
I thought Ohio State had a really nice collection of athletes, um, but they just the sum has been much less than the parts, you know. And and I I just I'm been kind of surprised. I expected more out of them. <laughs> All right, great conversation. It continues. Uh, much more to come after this quick timeout. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. Leave me alone. When a child shares hurtful comments online, that's bullying. Visit erasebullying.ca to learn how to help your child stand up to cyberbullying. Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley. You know, we're just two weeks away from the big game, Super Bowl 57 from Suburban Phoenix. A couple of great matchups this weekend. And, you know, if you have anything to do with building an NFL team, know this. The 49ers at the Eagles in the NFC title game. And some trivia I looked up this week. Two teams guided by quarterbacks not taken in the first round. That you already knew. But did you know the last two teams to reach the Super Bowl Without a QB picked in the first round, the 49ers in 2020 with Garoppolo and the Eagles in 2018 with Nick Foles. How about that? Interesting. These, guys them, these guys know what they're doing. <laughs> That's interesting. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like both these guys. I mean, I really like I like Jalen Hurts. I think he's a really good yeah. player. Um, Brock Purdy's played, you know, probably better. But, you know, I think Jalen Hurts is a really good player, and he knows that he has weapons and he uses them. And and I think the 49ers, when they added McCaffrey, I think they've added that piece, you know, Kittles, McCaffrey, and they've got a good – they've got people around Purdy that make him better. And I think that's one of those keys. These guys are also on – the one thing I'll say is these guys are on rookie contracts. So yeah. you can spend more money around them. And it seems like that's maybe the way to have the best team right now. Get a young guy, get him on his rookie contract, you know, like Cincinnati right now with Joe Burrow, for example. And I think that can be – um I don't know. That's interesting. Well, and and look, here's the thing that's amazing is when you look at you look at like for instance, Cowboys been 27 years since they went to a, a Super Bowl. The is Eagles, really? yeah, I know. Oh. The Eagles have went to a Super Bowl with one quarterback, torn it all down, got a new coach, and rebuilt it, and now they're one game away from a Super Bowl. Um, the the Forty ers have you know, went from the Harbaugh era appearing in the Super Bowl. Now they're one game away, rebuilt the team whole. But what's really scary to me about this Eagles team is they have a boatload of picks coming up in the 2023 draft. And and they are going to put themselves in a position where, as Brad talked about, they'll have a bunch of players on a first-year contract, you know, first contract, very inexpensive, and they'll be – very good players. 
And not only that, for the Eagles, they tore it all down, thought they're going to rebuild with a guy named Carson Wentz, who is injured all the time. Hertz comes in as a, a third rounder. Look at what he's done. Um, look, this guy was a great quarterback at Alabama, also at Oklahoma. I mean, he was in the Heisman uh, hunt under Lincoln Riley there. And look at what he's done here um, in the NFL. You're exactly right. I mean, I think when you, you know, they've torn this team down and, and build it back up again and look at how quickly this has happened. And like you said, they've got some money to spend. Um, the 49ers, meanwhile, keep in mind that what a job Shanahan has done. I mean, you know, he goes to a Super Bowl three years ago with Jimmy Garoppolo. They decide he's not the future. They draft Trey Lance, who comes in. They bench Garoppolo. They can't trade him. He redoes his contract. Good thing for that because Lance gets injured early. Second stringer Garoppolo comes in. He's winning. He gets injured. The third stringer, and don't believe the media guys, there was no great plan for Brock Purdy down the line. He was going to be, no, he was a seventh round pick. He was a guy to hit hold the clipboard and maybe just be a, you know, a, you know, a practice team uh, is going to scout team quarterback. And the guy, there was no big plan for Brock Purdy. Don't believe the media hype. That was not the case. Trey Lance is the guy of the future. Purdy comes in. And that's my question for you guys. When this is all said and done, regardless of what happens Sunday, or if they move on and win the whole thing, you've got three really good quarterbacks. Now, if you're the 49ers, what do you do? You know, you trade one because then you can get more good players at a different position. You know, it's not, I, I think having two is good, but getting a third one, just oh. get, three is too many. Yeah. Yeah. You have to trade them. Yeah. Th yeah. This is the one time that David Lee Roth's quote, if two's good, four's better, doesn't necessarily play well. Um, I would say that you've got an opportunity here to load up. And and you look at this from a salary cap standpoint, you know, you I, if I was the, the 49ers leadership, you got to figure out which guy you want to trade the guy who's got the most money, you know, and, and then you have an opportunity to get a draft choice or, or get somebody and, and really play into your cap. It's, it's a, it's a scary thing when you, when you understand how to use the cap, let's say, as opposed to other teams that are based in Dallas, Texas. So my question, I want to move on to the AFC, but very quickly, if Brock Purdy wins Sunday and then wins in two weeks in Phoenix, do you trade a quarterback who just led you to a Super Bowl? <laughs> Probably not. But I, you never know. And I, I, I don't know. You know, it, 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 you know, like I said, everybody, you know, everybody's up for up for sale in the NFL. But sure. the advantage he has is the contract that he's on right now. Yep. Do you want to give that up when you can have a quarterback making you know one thirty eighth of what a Dak Prescott does, and you can put the rest of the team around him? Holy cow, that's a great opportunity. Yeah, 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 good point. Okay, uh, AFC, rematch of last year when the Bengals knocked off the Chiefs in Kansas City to advance to the Super Bowl. Uh, Cincinnati quarterback Joe Burrow, I believe I saw somewhere 3-0 as an underdog in the playoffs. I mean, this guy is just ice water in his veins. Joe Cool, man, he is, uh, he's special. You know, he's just got the right demeanor. And, you know, eventually even the greats have a bad day, though. You know, maybe is this going to be his bad day? I don't know. I don't think I don't see it because I think he'll be able to put they'll be able to put some points on the board against the Chiefs. And, you know, like we say, Mahomes, how healthy is Patrick Mahomes? If Patrick Mahomes is healthy, this could be one of those great shootouts that we've been waiting to see. But if he's not healthy and he can't move around as much, it's going to be tougher for the Chiefs. Yeah, it, it is going to be. Uh, what a weekend, though. Um, I, I really look forward to that that game, the Chiefs um, 
uh, up against the Bengals. And what I like about it is neither of these teams do I have any annoyances with from being a fan over the years. So it's I don't care who wins. I just want to watch good football. Whereas the 49ers and the Eagles have both angered me over the over the decades. And I don't know if I'm going to be happy no matter who wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, put your cowboy PJs back in the closet and you know I, for another year. That's right. Wear wear something else as you're watching the games uh, on Sunday. It's it's exciting. I agree with you guys. Two great storylines. And I think really nobody does storylines better than the NFL. Um and I don't and I'm you guys know I'm a huge college basketball guy. But this was really exciting. It's been a really good playoff month of, of really good football, great storylines, uh, great competition on the field. Um, it's been exciting. I think this weekend, the same thing. And who would have thunk? I mean, Bengals and Chiefs as the powers of the AFC. I mean, wait a minute. Really? I mean, <laughs> so what bizarre world is this? Um, but that's where we are right now. So, yeah, Bengals and Chiefs and and again, Niners and Eagles. And they will uh, winners get together and meet in Arizona in a couple of weeks. Uh, in just a spectacular stadium uh, out there that, by the way, in case you guys don't know, I mean, you guys know, but people listening may not realize it's a dome with real grass. If you see the aerial shots, there's actually, it's on a big tray and they have like a little, you know, button remote control button. They actually, they it's on wheels and it, they wheel it out to grow it during the week and then back in again. So kind of a cool thing. Uh, all right. That's the football story. Stay with us. More to come after this. It's just like my yard, Larry. That's how I do my yard. <laughs> What do you wheel it into the basement? I wheel it into the basement so I can have live grass. <laughs> if you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 800-363-7934. 800-363-7934. That's 800-363-7934. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. Getting out of the military, I was missing this camaraderie. It's frustrating when you try and talk to people that don't understand. I still had the anger, I still had the addictions, but we didn't talk about that. Came to a point where it's like, okay, I really need to talk to somebody about this family more or less encouraged me you know go go to the VA it's okay to go get help it's okay to talk to people because it takes true strength to ask for help hear veterans real stories of strength and recovery at maketheconnection.net now back to the studio and the guys from big sports radio Well, guys, let's uh, talk a little. Uh, let's talk some goats. Why don't we talk goat? Uh, and for the the uninitiated, that's greatest of all time. Uh, Tom Brady it appears is going to be leaving Tampa. Uh, destination unknown, maybe retirement. Who knows? He'll be forty six in August. Uh, if Brady leaves seven Super Bowl rings with him, is he the goats? Is it still Joe Montana? Um, what you guys got? Man, I, I, I got to believe, you know, it's probably Brady, but I, I, I do believe that Montana was really, really good. Um, you, you know, 
Brady was so the longevity is what's amazing with him. I mean, he's 46 years old, guys. I mean, yeah. they're, they're you're he's like almost as old as we are. And we're yeah. doing radio shows because we can't play football anymore. And that ended a long time ago. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think his longevity is special. But, I'm you know, I think if I'm picking one game and I want to win that game, I might pick Joe Montana. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm I'm totally against the goat theory in uh, football because it's such a team sport. You you can't tell me that there's anybody who's discernibly a better passer than Dan Marino, um, but he just never had a defense in all the years he was there. Uh, and I remember a, a, a time I heard Tom Landry being interviewed, and he just said that John Elway took three of the most god awful teams on his shoulders and yeah. took him to Super Bowls. And then later on in his career, he got his two titles. I'm actually thinking if you could get him in his prime, I'm not certain I would take anyone over John Elway. Um, and I just think football is such a team sport. Or if you're going to go GOAT, how do you go over Jerry Rice with how he is compared to everybody else in the rest of the sport? The other two that I look at are – um, Dick Butkus, total dominant player on horrific teams. And then Jim Brown, who who had every record in the book and retired before he ever hit 30. I I, I do think there's a difference in football because you haven't said it's got to be positional. Like you yeah. it's it's impossible to care compare a defensive yep. tackle and a quarterback. You know, I mean, I, I don't know, but you have to go maybe positional goat. But you know, here's here's the other question though. Who now who do you look at and say, this guy, maybe he could become the GOAT. Is it Patrick Mahomes? Burrow. Is it Joe Burrow? Could be Burrow. Could be Mahomes. I, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those guys. I mean, those guys are really good, right? I mean, we didn't think – we certainly didn't think uh, Brady was going to be the GOAT when he was that age, and maybe it's going to be Jalen Hurts. Maybe it's Brock Purdy. He's going to be the greatest of all time. Jamar <laughs> Chase, who's out to a fantastic start. Just a couple of years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is amazing. Fantastic. You know, I mean, you're exactly right. And, you know, another guy that from back of the day we haven't talked about who carried and excelled on some horrible teams is Walter Payton, um, the late, great Chicago Bear running back. Um, you know, he was passed by Emmett, of course, now the all-time leader. And Emmett deserves it. Take nothing away from Emmett. Um, you know, but but Payton did this, again, on on terrible teams. I mean, he had maybe yeah. three good teams he was on at the end of his career. Yeah. Barry Sanders also. Pretty good guy. He yeah. wasn't too bad. Stuck in Detroit. And uh yeah. he, he he chose to be in Detroit. He could have signed a deal out in San Francisco for less money. And he took the big he took the big check and then retired early because they weren't competitive. I, I'm I'm not I'm not a huge Barry Sanders. He was incredibly talented. But he might have retired early because he wanted to be able to walk when he got older. Well, uh, yeah, I was gonna say if you're talking like greats too, you you'd look <laughs> Earl Campbell, who can't walk now. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I watch those films and my my kids watch it, they're like, is he trying to run into everybody as hard as he can? And I'm like, I think so. Some guys avoid tackles. He runs through tackles. Yeah. (laughs) You know, two other guys I think that could be in the conversation if you begin to to spread them out, you know, and again, take position by position um, were the two two sports stars of years ago. Deion Sanders and and Bo Jackson were simply fantastic. And even though they split time, uh, imagine what what they could have been if they had played full-time, not the other stuff um, on that. You know, the one quarterback question, here's where I would give the nod to Brady. Of, of all the greats, and I, I've got to go back and look and make sure, but if you compare Brady and Montana, Brady was able to leave in the what we thought was the twilight of his career and win a title with another system. 
And that was one thing that Montana did not do with Kansas City. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I got to mention probably the greatest defensive player I've ever seen, though, in this conversation, Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, yeah. He he might be the most dominant defensive player I've seen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd also throw – Ray, I'd also have to throw Ray Lewis and Reggie White, Reggie White is another into that into that yep. conversation yep. as well. I mean, that's why that's why when I look at, at like when we talk a goat, you're right, it has to be positional. But even then, even then, the team concept is so important in football, maybe more so than any other sport. Yeah, yeah. because it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. If we're the three wide receivers, he's going to yeah. suck. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think Dan Marino, Tom Brady. <laughs> And Joe Montana, all on the field at the same time, could do much with the three of us. So, <laughs> that's exactly that's right. right. Joe, I can't believe it. I've never seen so many drop passes in, in one quarter, but the, these guys are horrible. So. How is this How is this guy winded when he's just run a five-yard out pattern? <laughs> he's he's just walking and he's tired. Exactly. <laughs> he plays one play. And it was a running play. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a nose tackle out there. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's a fun thing too about this kind of conversation is that you've, you know, the different eras are there. We haven't mentioned the greats of, you know, the Johnny Unitas, you know, or mm-hmm. it mentioned Jim Brown, but you know, Paul Sammy Ball. His day was out. Sammy Ball. I mean, exactly. So that's, what's fun about this. And I think looking at this weekend, um, what's exciting is to watch legends be made. And you've got them the AFC game with you've got, we thought Mahomes was a prototype. Now here comes Joe Burrow and we get for the second straight year to see the two of them. I mean, if it works out to where, and it, you know, Mahomes already has this long contract Burrow about to get his long contract. These two guys could be, you know, the the Brady and Manning that we saw 15 years ago. And you, and then you have Josh Allen can be the Brett Favre. Exactly. Yeah. He's always Josh right Allen make move to the NFC. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's there's a I'm position out. open in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, all right, we'll stay with us. We'll take a quick time out. Much more to come after this. You're listening to the Big Sports Radio Network with Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy. Hour number two on Big Sports Radio. These two handsome gentlemen right here are Brad Sturdy and Mike Kegley. I'm the ugly one, Larry Smith. We're nearing the halfway point of the Big Ten schedule, and probably the surprise of the conference, other than how well Purdue is playing, is Rutgers. The Scarlet Knights sitting firmly in second place, heading into the weekend in a Sunday game at Iowa. And yes, the lone team to beat Purdue this season. And yeah, they did it in West Lafayette. You know, everyone, all the critics waiting for Rutgers to fold, but guys, uh, so far, so good in Piscataway. You know, you there's not much more, I mean, more positive things you can say than what you can say about Steve Pico, what he's done at Rutgers. I mean, fantastic job there. He has molded them in his own image of just that toughness, perfect Big Ten coach, and they do, they're, they're fantastic. I mean, they just really compete every game. Um, you know, they've, they've had a few you know, games here and there where they haven't been great, but you know, they, they just consistently go out there every game and you know, you're going to be in a dog fight and they're going to be physical. They're going to be tough and you're going to have to find a way to win um, down the stretch. And it's not easy to do. Yeah. They defend their home court particularly well, um, you know, 12 and two there this year. And, and now the crowds are starting to respond as well. Um, you've got a, you've, you've got really this, this, I, it's kind of like a sleeping, you know, you let sleeping dogs lie. Well, it's kind of like this, this university's basketball program is starting to wake up and 
with a five-star coming in next year in the recruiting class, um, I don't know that the trips to Piscataway are going to get any easier for the rest of the Big Ten. Yeah, already such a tough place to play now. And you look at it in the you know the New York metro area up in there, there really isn't a, a dominant team right now. Uh, St. John's hasn't been a power in a while. Uh, Seton Hall, I mean, who would have thunk it? But but Rutgers could be the college team in the metro area uh, to follow. Uh, Coach Steve Peichel talking about, uh, you mentioned uh, the, the fan support they're getting and about his team just really coming together at the right time. You know, they, they were locked in. They were connected today. You know, um, obviously, it's this team has made 18 threes in a game. They got multiple three-point shooters. You know, you have to do a great job on the backboards. The rebounds come off long, too, so it's, everyone's got to be involved. I liked how we got to the free-throw line. I liked how we rebounded. thought in the second half we really started to share the ball and get everybody involved. But you know, it's a good team win. They're very good. You know, just pleased how we took care of a lot of different aspects of this game. Talk about that second-half surge. It seemed like it. that was kind of the, the game-changing moment there. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, I, I told him at halftime he's going to have a great second half, and we really believe in him. I think he's one of the best six men in, in, in the country, and we need that from him he was bouncy you know he teed it up when he was open you know he just did did a really good job and then the guys found him during that stretch and I, and I love as a team when we embrace someone else's success like guys were saying in the huddle get Andre the ball you know like it was uh it's always a good sign when you know other players are are recognizing and then trying to get him you know the basketball I thought we did a good job getting Cliff involved, you know, first half, another double-double for him. And then when Andre got it going, getting him involved. Steve, we've seen this team time and time again play your brand of defensive basketball. How do you keep putting your will on the other team and, and yeah. uh, forcing them to play at your pace? Well, it's Paul, you know, it's these guys. So it's Caleb McConnell, you know, you know, Cam, those guys. It, it's uh, They've decided that they want to be really good, you know, on both ends of the floor, but especially on that defensive end. And when they're connected, they've done a good job. So they dictate what kind of season we have. This The players are in charge, and um, they were locked in. You know, they were locked in today. They play at that pace anyway, so I knew it would be that kind of a game. You remember what this building was like in 2016. When you hear that students were lined up for two hours, wrapped around the building to get in, What is? how does that make you feel about what this program has done for the university. Well, I mean, I think these guys have made it that way. They're great in the community. I think they root for these guys. They're great guys. They work hard. They represent the program the right way. So I'm glad our students really have embraced them. And they're fun to watch. And they share the ball. So I was real glad I saw it wrapped around the, the diner there. It was like unbelievable. I'm sure Cliff was driving in on his bike no, and they had it blocked for you. Yeah, so you had to go, walk. you had to go detour. Good yeah, thing you weren't late. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it, it was, uh, it was awesome. And, and I'm very appreciative, you know, that they, they make the place loud and, you know, everyone, the cheerleaders, the band and, 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 and all the people that are at the game are really involved. I love that they're participants in the game. They're not just sitting there watching it. They're, they're involved. Yeah, I really just, I tell you, the one thing I like about this team is their balance. I mean, they have uh, six guys who score between 8 and 13.3 points a game. I mean, just consistent. There's not a guy, you if we shut down this guy, we're going to be successful because then it's another guy who can step up. So very versatile. A lot of guys who can, uh, who are tough and they all defend and, just really fun to watch, and and I think he's got him going. And he mentions that he kind of dismisses it, but they are in his image. I mean, 
Um, I remember when he was coaching at Stony Brook and he had the same thing. They played the same style and they're just, that's the way they're going to be. They're going to be tough to beat. Yeah. And that defense can't be over, overstated. They, they've got multiple players who are tough, former big 10 defensive player of the year. Um, and then you got guy like Mulcahy whose superpower is to be really annoying at the worst time. <laughs> and he is, he is fantastic at giving you the big annoying play that's nothing more than a smart player being at the right place anticipating and then making you pay for a mistake um mike mike relates to that annoying part really well that was that was how i got on the court with all these guys who were bigger and better than me in high school (laughs) and but it 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 certainly mulcahy has been unbelievable he's just a guy who wins yeah, there's no question about that. And and getting back to Pico, what I love is that this Rutgers team seems locked into making school history. Uh, the Scarlet Knights have never reached three consecutive NCAA tournaments, uh, but they're they're about to do that, and and maybe have uh, you know their best record overall in a long time as well. Rutgers uh, just looking fantastic uh, in the first half of the Big Ten slate right now. On the other end of the spectrum, uh, Ohio State, the Buckeyes have gone from bona fide Big Ten contenders to perhaps struggling even to make the NCAA tournament in just three weeks' time. We'll talk about it and hear from Coach Holtman. That's next on Big Sports Radio. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492. 800-816-4492. That's 800-816-4492. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828. 800-448-0828 That's 800-448-0828 Such is life in the Big Ten. Ohio State's struggling. Losers of 6 of 7 from a tie for first place to one game out of last place in the span of three weeks. And your reward is a trip to surging Indiana, the preseason favorite who is beginning to put things together. Uh, that comes up on Saturday. Uh, fellas, what's what's going on in Columbus? Yeah, they just don't seem to be clicking. I mean, it's a lot of one-on-one. Uh, it's a lot of, you know, uh, playing for themselves. I, I And some of that's youth. Um, they just, it just doesn't seem to be going. Obviously, they've got a great player in Bryce Sensabaugh and, you know, Justice Suing and Zed Key are good players, but uh, overall, they just don't seem to have that consistent performance from you know up and down. They don't defend very well, and, and that's been a problem. They they've had a very efficient offense throughout the year. You know, not counting the Illinois game where they struggled offensively, but overall, very good offensively. Just don't guard well enough. Some of that's youth, and I, I think some of that is just you know not having guys with a, a ton of length either at, at multiple positions, which is a new thing for them. Yeah. Um, I, I also think, and again, I'm not trying to jump on Coach Holtman, but this team should be better than it is. And I don't know what intangible is missing. 
but there was just a lack of fire. Um, the team's fairly athletic, but there were times that I felt like they were just going through the motions. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just don't feel like I thought Illinois when they played Illinois the other night. I thought they Illinois just kind of outcompeted them for for loose balls and and rebounds, especially in the second half. And Ohio State just didn't seem to get in a flow or rhythm at all. And they just seemed to be, you know, like it just there was no connection among the players. It was just very, very, um, you know, disjointed. Well, you know, this is a team, and you bring up uh, Chris Holtman and Fulk for all of the. Uh, the regular season wins he's had, um, you know, he's never had anything less than 20 wins in a campaign since arriving there. And, uh, you know, now in his in his six seasons, so five straight trying to go for six here. Um, and yet he's never gone out of the first weekend. Um, you know, I mean, he's had teams, you know, ranked in the top five. He's, um, you know, finished uh, three of the five seasons, um, uh, you know, ranked in the top 25 end of the year. Um, he had a star player, EJ Liddell, that was supposed to do everything and was unstoppable by the time he became a junior. Um, and yet it seems like, and again, I'm not trying to bust on Chris Holtman, but for some reason, to your point, um, things clicked for a long time under Thad Mata. And to your point, things aren't clicking right now for the Buckeyes. Yeah, they're definitely not. I, you know, and, and you got to wonder, I mean, he's a guy who's been in the tournament basically every year he's been there and, and every year has been a head coach. I mean, you go back to his days at Butler, right. um, he was in the tournament. So it's like, every year except when they canceled it. So he's been successful to an extent, but I'm not sure, is that enough at Ohio State, just making the tournament? Yeah, and I think I think it's to some extent, you know, it's basketball, so it's not life and death. Um, it's something that you're occupied with from the national championship game until spring ball starts. But I think I, I think the fans who've enjoyed basketball want a little more and he's got a recruiting class coming in next year that's pretty darn good, but but the expectations are going to go up, and he's going to have to make more of the pieces of the team if he wants to keep the job long run. Yeah, Brad alluded to that game against Illinois, a nine-point loss Tuesday night, but a game that really felt like it's more like a 20-point game throughout uh, there in Champaign. Coach Holtman talking about that, that loss, and again, just a bit frustrated with the way his team is playing right now, after the game on Tuesday. I just didn't think we ever had the kind of bite and fight you needed in a game like this. So ultimately that's that's uh that's on me, Adam. That's my responsibility. So we, we didn't have it. How do you how do you try to address that? You know, we just did and um we'll uh we'll address it in film. Yeah. Your uh, two leaders, uh I think at halftime, Key and Suing had Played 20 minutes and had two points, I think, and five fouls. Just uh real difficult position when you're two Veteran guys aren't bringing that. Just uh, difficult to, to win a game when they take a half off. Just what uh, what can you do to get get through that? Yeah, we need we need we just need more from them. Like right? <clears throat> we need more, and it's not just about points. We need more effort plays. We need more production from them. They're too important to what we're doing, and we rely on them too much with how young we are. Um, we've got to get them performing at a higher level, Steve. So that's on us as coaches. And then they've got to they've got to they've got to bring more than what they're bringing. And, uh, you know, I thought Zed had some good looks, but it's not just about his finishes around the basket. He's got to bring more. He's got to do more in terms of effort plays, and, and so does Justice. Chris, when we talked to Bruce, he said that he felt like the days of practice leading in, not that you had many, were not great. Um, what, what I guess, what did you see leading in, and did you see that as being a factor in, in how you came out today? Well, I think it definitely was a factor, yeah. Uh, there's no question about it. Yeah. So ultimately that's on me. That was definitely a factor, but you know, give, I'm not sure we'd have won the game. Uh, I think we would have played better. 
you talk about effort and practice and needing more from your veterans and you know you're almost to the midpoint of the Big Ten schedule. Do you have confidence that you have what you need in this locker room to turn this around and not have this become another slide? Well, we'll see. You know, we'll see. Obviously, it's, um, you know, as I've always talked about, um, it's more about how you play. And I just didn't think, feel like we played as well as we needed to. Again, they're a really good team. They're playing well. Obviously, they were coming off a loss. Um, so uh, we might have still performed um, uh, well and lost. It's possible in this league. That's certainly possible. But um, I'm disappointed with both our preparation, our effort, and ultimately that falls on me. Yeah, I actually listened to that, you know, that press conference and and live, and it didn't feel like he had knew what buttons he was going to push. It, it didn't seem like he knew where he was going. I, you hear sometimes coaches say, "Here's what we need to do. We need to do this." I, I didn't get that. I think he was look he was searching a little bit too. So it'll be interesting to see where they how they come out this weekend. Um, you know, when they go to Indiana. Yeah, and I'll be honest, as a fan, I kind of felt the same way. Um, I've I predicted they would be much higher in the rankings this year. Sensiball's been great. He's fun to watch. And yet, and you know, you got a guy on the inside that suing is up and down. Um, you know, some of his decision making isn't good. Get gets a really foolish foul last night that hurt. Um in the end, you know, Thornton's got a lot of athletic ability, but you know, then every once in a while just doesn't use it. He's got a lot of he, – he may have to do more than one button and maybe throw a couple dials in there too. May have to turn it up to 11, Mike. Oh, I'd love to go going in. to 11. I'd love I, – why, why would you go to 10 when you can go to 11? Yeah, that, that would be the key. That's right. Well, I'll say it again. Another tough matchup. They're all tough in the Big Ten this season at Indiana, a team – uh, that again has uh, surged and won four in a row. A quick timeout, and we'll peek in on another surprise team in the Big Ten. Northwestern trying to put together a bid for just its second ever NCAA tournament trip. More on the Wildcats next on Big Sports Radio. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News and World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053. 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. There's nothing more fun than going boating with friends. We were all out having a good time when all of a sudden, my best friend's hat flew off and without thinking, he jumped in the water to retrieve it. When we turned the boat around, he seemed to be struggling to keep his head above the water. We all started yelling, pull the cord, pull the cord! I pulled the cord and my life was saved. I was wearing a belt-type inflatable life jacket, the wisest decision I ever made. Life jackets worn, nobody mourns. Learn more at pleasewearit.com. Now back to the studio and the guys from Big Sports Radio. 
Right back here on Big Sports Radio. And don't look now, but Northwestern and the upper half um, of the Big Ten. In fact, if the Big Ten tournament began tomorrow, they'd have a double bye. Like, it's like bizarre world in the Big Ten. Just as we all predicted before the season. <laughs> they have, you know, they're, they're, it's just these small goals. When you look at them, they haven't been over 500 since 2017 in a season. Obviously, they're on pace to do that. So, you know, they've got a great chance to get an NCAA bid um, if they can, you know, finish strong here. And it's been really impressive. Chris Collins done a fantastic job this year with their – they've got veteran guards. They they play a short rotation, but um, these guys are know what they're supposed to do. They play within their system, and they they just really have bought in to what he's selling. And they don't seem to to get, you know, as the stress goes up at the end of a game – Having the ball in the hands of an experienced, you know, senior upperclassman just just takes the random turnover that you have in other teams out of the picture, and they just don't tend to shoot themselves in the foot. Now you can outplay them because they 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 aren't supremely talented, but they ain't going to give you the game. And a lot of Big Ten teams are finding that out. Yeah, it's um, look right now, you know, only. Uh, what four losses overall? I think they have not had single digit losses in a season since the Eisenhower administration, 1959, 58, 59, they went 15 and seven. Um, I mean, that's what they're and given again, you've got a long way to go. And, um, but like Sturdy was saying, they are playing uh, very, very well. And keep in mind, they came back and got the win um, at Nebraska uh, Wednesday night uh, after coming off COVID. They, they you know, had to, Missed a couple of games that are rescheduled games. Um, and so really Chris Collins said talking uh, after that game uh, earlier in the week, actually, when they, um, they got the win on Monday night, um, happy to be back on the court uh, after all of that uh, uh, big uh, change and issues they had uh, health wise with the team. You know, obviously what we went through this week, trying to get our guys healthy. We lost a couple guys during the game with Roper and then Ty Berry kind of rolled an ankle as well. So it was just kind of a war of attrition, really, with both teams. I thought both teams showed a lot of grit. Uh, really proud of my team tonight. You know, I thought we gutted it out. You know, we found the baskets when we needed it. Well, we had a ton of foul trouble. You know, obviously not having a lot of practice time this past week. You know, just trying to get guys healthy and, and being able to feel the team. Just a really big win for us. You know, and obviously, um, you know, we appreciate Wisconsin. We appreciate Iowa. Um, it's not an easy situation. Obviously, Nebraska as well for their willingness to kind of, I think everybody understands that kids want to play, you know, and, and the most important thing is we figure out fairly, fairly how to get these games in. I appreciate those teams, you know, for their uh, their willingness to kind of move around a little bit and uh, to make sure that these kids get to play because that's what they want to do. They're playing college basketball and they want fans. You know, they, they, they had to, all these kids had to play a year you know, where they had to play with nobody in the gym. You guys weren't here. That was really hard on these guys. So, you, you know, you want these kids to play in front of fans, not not in front of an empty gym. So the fact that, you know, our people were able to come out and, and give these guys a good atmosphere to play in, uh, just really proud of my team. We got to move on. Great thing about Boo is how much he's matured, you know, in, in his career, you know, being a senior now, 
um, early in his career, he was easily rattled. You know, he was easily, and he'd be the first to tell you that he was easily rattled, maybe by tough coaching, maybe by a tough whistle or not making some shots. And and you grow through that. And, you know, he, he's just been solid as a rock for us. And obviously there's a lot on his plate and Chase's plate. You know, we're asking these guys to not only play lockdown, grinded out physical defense, but they, they got to make a lot of our plays, you know, and, and they're in a lot of the actions. And even if they're not getting the shots, they're being involved triggers, you know, other stuff. So, you know, to be in the kind of shape you got to be in heavy minutes, you know, all those things, um, just couldn't be prouder of, of him, the way he kind of fought through that and, and, uh, played tonight. And I mean, look, he plays chase plays 38 and a half minutes. He plays 36 and a half minutes. I mean, that's pretty incredible the way teams come after those guys, you know, to then be able at the end of game still to, to be ready to make plays at the end. Chris, I know this is not what you want for your schedule, all these games bunched up, but could it be a benefit to your team in the long run? Well, I think you always have to look at everything optimistically. You know, you can look at it negatively, and and but I don't think that helps. I, I said to the team uh, you know, a couple of days ago or yet, even yesterday when we got home, I said, listen, guys, we're going to play six games in 13 days. It is what it is. We have, you know, it, it, we we have to to be able to get these games in and everybody wants to play. And I asked them if they'd rather have practice on those days, you know, and uh, it's, it's a resounding no, you know, they, they want to play games. And, and also for these guys, you tell them, look, if you aspire to play, uh, you know, after here, you know, look at the schedule of what a G league player does or an NBA player or, or overseas, you got to play back-to-backs, you got to travel, you got to be ready to play. Yeah. They've got a grind coming up, you know, six games, 13 days, they're going to have to really, um, you know, suck it up. You know, we've talked about the condensed schedule. They're going to deal with it um, due to the COVID issues. And, you know, I think when you have guys like um, Bouye and Adish playing over 35 minutes a game, I think there will be some regression there. You know, the legs aren't going to be there at the end of games, but they now they've kind of got the mental side taken care of. Those guys both struggled sometimes in close games previously, and now they're older and have figured it out. So hopefully the metal side will help them and they're able to, you know, win some of these games down the stretch, even though they're fatigued. Yeah. And I, I think that, um, uh, that, that schedule, you know, uh, it was talked about by uh, a couple coaches and I think you're going to see now, you're going to see almost little mini waves. The teams that are playing that schedule, um, are going to be tired. And then the teams that have the break from it are going to, maybe get a little bit uh, of a, a, of a you know second wind so it, it could make the, it could make these standings even more jumbled believe it or not in the next couple of weeks yeah one correction uh, northwestern 14 and 5 actually uh, as they go into the weekend i said four losses actually it's five losses uh, they do play uh, uh take on minnesota at home next and then at iowa michigan wisconsin ohio state so again it doesn't get any easier as we know uh, all the way through. By the way, uh, they did beat Nebraska. Um, seventh straight time they've beaten the Huskers. The first time they have beaten uh, a Big Ten foe seven times in a row since 1962. So a lot of history being written uh, along uh, the shore there uh, of the lake in Chicago, uh, north, just north of Chicago up there in Evanston. Stay with us. We've got more to come here on Big Sports Radio. You're listening to the Big Sports Radio Network with Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy. We need to give a couple of well-deserved shout-outs. I think we mentioned it last week, but I'll say it again. Terry Moran becoming Indiana's all-time winningest coach in women's hoops. Just an outstanding career in the Hoosiers now. One of the top contenders to challenge, not just for a Big Ten crown, 
but also a national championship. Uh, Caitlin Clark, wow, 28 points, 15 assists, and 10 rebounds as 10th-ranked Iowa beat number two and formerly unbeaten Ohio State earlier this week for Clark. That's her eighth career triple-double. That ranks third all-time in Division I history, and all coming just days after her 21st birthday. Uh, what a gift to herself, right? And Trace Jackson Davis, the Big Ten Player of the Week in men's hoops, season high in career, Big Ten high, 35 points against Illinois, 31 points, 15 boards against Michigan State, and then 25 points and 21 rebounds at Minnesota. A couple of nights to go to keep the Hoosiers from the upset loss against the Gophers, the talented big man enjoying just a tremendous uh, senior year for Indiana. Well, I spoke with Big Ten Network analyst Trent Meacham earlier this week, starting with how he transitioned from a playing career to being on set at BTN. Let's listen in. Well, I never thought about getting into broadcasting, sports media at all. Uh, I did have an opportunity alongside, uh, fill in for Deion Thomas alongside Brian Barnhart and, and be on the radio call for a couple of Illinois games. And that was my first taste. And I thought, oh, this is this is fun. This allows me, I just retired from playing and it allowed me to stay connected to the game. Obviously, Brian's fantastic to work with. Sure. It's it's great to be, you know, kind of you feel like you're kind of a part of the action when you're calling a game and my alma mater at Illinois. And so that gave me my first taste of it. And I, but I wasn't trying to get into it full time. But I thought, OK, this is maybe something I can do seasonally to stay connected to the game, to grow as a communicator and uh, just sought out opportunities locally, uh, different radio shows. Uh, did a a weekly segment with uh, WCIA a couple of years ago. That was a great experience for me to get on in front of the camera and then reached out to the Big Ten Network. You know, I had a few contexts. Uh, Jay Layman's a good friend of mine, another local guy, Illinois former. He he was a star. Jay was a star on the <laughs> football field. And obviously he's had a long time with uh, with Big Ten Network. I think he's been with them for over 10 years. And uh, so he connected me with a few people, was able to uh, get in touch and get an audition and, and and do well enough for them to put me out there. And so it's been fun. This is my second year. Uh, it's, it's everything's every scenario is a different challenge, whether it's calling a game, which I've done a handful of a halftime segment where it's, you know, 30, 40 seconds, you know, what happened? What do you think? Uh, or it's maybe more drawn out conversations and it's just, it's, it's fun for me. And it's, there's some challenges for me. I think I'm still learning, but it's great to cover the big 10 conference. You know, I grew up, in Champaign and, and following the Illini, of course, but the league overall, it's been a lot of fun for me. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Deion Thomas and he and I used to go back and forth, uh, you know, via text and, and social media DMs in terms of uh, the stuff he was doing. I was in DC and giving him, you know, credit. It's like anything you see, you know, man, pass it on. I'm like, no, you're doing great. I mean, it's it's difficult when, when you're a player or a coach and to explain the technical part of it to in, in layman's terms, and and you will do a great job. And, and I think Big Ten Network overall does a great job. So uh, and you fit right into that. Well, let's talk about uh, the, the Illini since let's let's go there in terms of this season. Um, you know, they've got a lot of talent right now. So many things kind of behind the scenes, it seems. Um, it's almost a Jekyll and Hyde. Boy, they the four game win streak. You're like, OK, it's clicked. This is exactly what we thought this team was going to be this time of year. Uh, and then Indiana. Um, and, and so it seems like right now. Um, this is a team that really could be Elite Eight, could be Final Four, um, or it could be on the bubble. I mean, it's uh, it, it's it's kind of tough to kind of figure out just who this team is right now. Yeah, we're all, you know, to some degree, Larry, uh, a bit Jekyll and Hyde-ish, right? I mean, every day is not our best day ever, and and we have some some ups and downs just personally. So then you throw a group of, 
young guys together, especially with so many new faces. And you're going to get that. I think you're seeing that across the league, across the country in many ways. It's always been the case. And maybe it's a bit more with more new faces. So I'm not surprised about that. I think it's easy to look at this team or if you would go and see them practice early in the fall and you think, wow, there's 10 guys out here that can run, that can jump, that can get up and down. There's a ton of ability. Uh, And that's true. There's a lot of talent on the court. But then you get into games and there's five guys on the court. There's one ball. Uh, Teams are scouting you. Uh, This team is trying to figure out his flow. Some teams might have a bit more uh, of, you know, consistency from from the year prior or a, a culture that's been established in terms of this is how we play. This is totally new for this team. So, yeah, they, they've had some ups and downs. I, and I would expect that to continue. Um, I do think the arrow is pointing in a good direction. Uh, like I said, they're very talented and athletic. They have more, I think, quickness and length than we've had since I can remember. And those are good, good qualities to work with. I think the key for them is they got to be great on the defensive end. And they have the pieces to do that. Uh, give the coaching staff a ton of credit for changing how they play defensively, both on offense and defense. You know, they were switching everything besides Dane Danger, and they totally got away from that just a few weeks ago. And I think that's been a good thing. Uh, now, I will say I, I, I thought they maybe could have had an adjustment against Indiana and, and not throwing something different at Trace Jackson Davis. But the the moves that Brad Underwood has made, you know, at a higher level with their offense getting some more structure in the half court defensively, uh, going to, with a more traditional man-to-man defense, sticking with your man, I think has been really good for this ball club. And it's going to be a fun, you know, final stretch to the season. You bring up another good point, though. It's not just in the Big Ten. It is across the country. And I think that, you know, every year we try to say, oh, there, there are, there's only one or two, you know, dominant teams. There truly are 20, 25 teams that have a shot at this. I mean, I, you know, this is one where we could have, you know, no top three seeded teams in the final four. I mean, I think once you get in, it clearly is just whoever is having a good day on that day. Um, any anybody, I mean, there are eight teams in the in the Big Ten that that have the goods to reach the Final Four. I would agree. Uh, you you got to have the talent, I think, to make that run. Uh, but but you look across this league, I think it's wide open. Purdue's clearly the best team right now, but they could have easily had a few more losses, and I think they're going to have some more losses. I love their backcourt, but they're. They're still young, and I, I think teams can pressure them and maybe give them some problems. Uh, and looking across the the country, whether it was North Carolina preseason number one, I'm not even sure if they're ranked anymore. I, I'm not sure where they're at. Gonzaga has has fallen. So there's, I think it's wide open, and that should give a lot of teams, you know, some hope. If, if you're trending in the right direction, if you have some momentum, if you're making shots, I mean, you can beat anybody on any given night, and. There's going to be a couple teams that do it, Larry. I think there's going to be a couple teams that surprise you that just get hot at the right moment. They come together. The chemistry aligns. Well, we saw it last year with North Carolina that they were an eight seed. And, and you know, they knock out Baylor on the way to the Final Four, on the way to the title game. The media, we in the media, we sometimes do teams a disservice because it feels like the national guys, they're going to pencil in Kansas and North Carolina and Duke and Kentucky, regardless who's on the team. And like with the Kentucky team, I was saying, this is not a top five preseason team. And I feel bad for the kids because there's never a win. I mean, if you don't win, it's what's wrong with you. Well, they were never a top five team. Let them develop. Yeah, that's some good points. I think it's also interesting as we're talking, I'm just thinking about this. We talk about the national rankings of these college teams, but I think about recruiting. And recruiting has looked so different the past few years because of you know certain states, they weren't playing any high school basketball. I know, for example, Braden Smith grew up close to West Lafayette. Well, Matt Painter couldn't see him play in person 
for a long time. And, you know, he was not highly regarded at all. I mean, Purdue's whole roster pretty much was not highly regarded. And here they are at the top of the standings. Uh, that's remarkable. But I think it's probably been there's always been outliers. There's always been people that the recruiters miss and kids develop at different rates. But maybe more than ever, you mentioned Kentucky, uh, Duke, some teams that had some highly regarded freshmen that might not have panned out or at least performing up to those expectations early in their freshman campaigns. But maybe it's been even more skewed just because of uh, the shutdowns of COVID and how that's affected high school and AAU basketball the last few years where uh, teams didn't get the same look at them. And, and it's really it's it's a crapshoot more than ever. And give credit to the teams that have identified talent that maybe others didn't and then to develop that talent. And that's why, I mean, Purdue, I, I look at Matt Painter and the development of Zach Eady, how he's formed this roster, the confidence he's given Braden Smith and Foster Lawyer, uh, excuse me, Fletcher Lawyer. Uh, it's been really impressive. And or teams that have just kind of hodgepodge it in different ways. Kansas State, you know, Jerome Tang, what he's done there has been incredible uh, and, and has brought together some different transfers and recruited. And so it's it's a really intriguing season. And I think I don't think college basketball is changing. I, I think it's it's every year is going to be a bit different. And when you have so many new faces on these teams, chemistry is such a big a big thing and how do the those talent how do the talents fit together how do the egos you know uh get in line and uh i think this year might be extreme but i don't don't think that's changing which it does make it exciting i totally agree and you bring up something in terms of of transfers you know we've seen the last several years where you have to get old right i mean you've got veteran teams and the the star freshmen um, are not the team, the players who lead you to a championship. It's the it's the star sophomores <laughs> who have been here for a year or two. Um, you know, we saw Kansas with with a team that did not have the the bevy of five star that they they had back in 08, You know, when when they won in San Antonio over Memphis in overtime. Um, it's a different. It is a different game in that regards. But but talk to me about from from a perspective of someone who still follows the game very much in the game, and you played the college game not too not too long ago. What kind of difference the, the transfer portal makes where you've got teams that are overhauling sometimes half their roster um, every summer? What does that do in terms of continuity and, and to your point, knowing and trusting guys and, and where it's different than it might have been when you played where you had the same core of guys for the next two or three years for the most part? Yeah, Larry, you said half the roster. I mean, that's sometimes it can be, I don't know what Illinois replaced in scoring. It's like 85% or something. Right. I mean, it's a brand new team. So uh, new faces, it just it, it makes developing that chemistry more difficult. And coaches, you don't really know who you're, you know, who these guys are until you've really been in battles with them. And I think some of these recruiting scenarios that with the transfers happen so quick. They put their name in the portal, and coaches don't even always have time to do their due diligence because you got to get in there right away. You need to come in strong with an offer at times, and you don't quite know what you're getting. So I, I think it just puts a ton of pressure on these coaching staffs to not only get fe- pieces that fit on the court based on their, their skills, but when you think of the personality of the players, the egos of the players, their character, uh, do they fit your culture? And I think it's just a really challenging environment for coaches to do that. And it, it makes it, it makes it really intriguing and makes it challenging for teams to come together. And, uh, and like I said, I think this, this Illinois team has decent chemistry, but, it's a group that you just you you line up playing pickup ball and you say, wow, these guys are, you know, they're world beaters. You know, they can look like at times because of the athleticism and the the talent on the floor. But you you whittle that down. There's only five guys that play together. 
And then do those pieces fit? And, uh, you know, this team's taken some, 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 some bumps here and there, but I, I do think they're finding a groove and there's more time to find that. You just got to, you got to gel much quicker than you ever ha- had to before. Yeah. And coming up in the stretch run six weeks until tournament time, there is some time, uh, six, seven weeks here to do that. Um, what do you think is going to be the, the biggest change for the next the three to five years? I mean, obviously expansion still, we, I, I still, I think you would agree that that's not done done for now, but I think we, we get to the turn of the decade. We're going to see uh, the conferences look totally different, but in terms of transfer portal NIL um, where do you, would none of us really truly know, but where do you think this may be heading in the next three to five to six years? No, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I think that the two biggest things, as much as the transfer portal is shaking up things, I think conference uh, realignment expansion, that's, that's a real thing that I think will happen to some level. Um, and I think the NIL stuff is, are these student athletes, will they become employees at some point? Um, I, I think those are some real, uh, some real questions surrounding uh, college athletics. Uh, you know, there's some real benefits to some of this stuff too. I think you have some guys that will return, some ladies that will return that can earn more money that never would have stayed in college. And maybe you have some more consistency because of that. Some of the talent, especially if they're not your prototypical NBA players. And we've seen that on the men's side with some of the big men that probably would have left uh, a decade ago, but they're not, they might not be NBA players, but they're able to be terrific college players can earn a, can earn a lot of money. And so you might see that, but I, I would say, what is the status of the athletes? Are they student athletes? Are they employees as well? Now, if there are some more contractual, you know, um, language in, in what's happening, that could allow for some more consistency. Maybe you're not able to receive some of the funds if you don't stay for two years or if there's not certain obligations met. I, I don't know. I'm not involved in these conversations. I'm just kind of thinking what could be. And I think with anything, there's going to be some real positives I could see, but there's also a drawback to to any of that. And it's just going to look very different. And the athletic departments, the coaches that um, look ahead and anticipate and take advantage of whatever changes that happen, I think are going to find themselves in good positions. And those that kind of wish it would go back to what it was. I mean, it's, 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 that's not happening, you know, right. <laughs> um, the horse is out of the stable. I mean, it's, it's moving forward. And I think the ones that um, have some vision, have some leadership and, and embrace that will, will do well. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. Um, I've got about a minute and uh, I do want to ask you one uh, question that that you probably didn't expect to see coming. Uh, I know. Be, beware. But this is an easy one. Um, I mean, your time at Big Ten Network, you, like you said, you're in your second year in there, second second year there. What um, what's the one thing about that experience that may have surprised you? Um, you know, I, you know, that's one that I, I always like to talk with people who as you said at the very beginning of this, you hadn't planned on getting into communication and broadcast. And so you've kind of, um, uh, you know, slipped into it, if you will. What's kind of the one thing about that experience that that uh, you didn't expect? That's a great question. Um, one thing I'd say is, is things go wrong from the standpoint of you're, you're supposed to have a video come through that you're supposed to talk over and it doesn't show up. Right. There's audio issues you can't hear the producer that's in your ear uh just things come up more often than i realized and because i think if you're watching at home especially if the people are professionals they are able to to work through it pretty seamlessly and keep their cool and and not that these are like you know 
awful situations, but um, there can feel like there's some pressure, some stress when, hey, this is live and there's people tuned in and this isn't what we kind of laid out to happen. So I, I would say that would be something that's been a little bit surprising, like, oh, you got to be ready because uh, things might not, it, the interview might not come on. So then they're putting you back on 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 camera and you got to talk the next five minutes about what just happened. Or you know, there's three games going on at once. And like, how much are you able to really watch the three games and, and see everything? And so uh, finding a way to kind of make it work, even when um, it's not the ideal situation to, you know, to, to watch a game and then talk about it or just you're, you're going and, and something comes up and makes you adapt. Many thanks to Trent Meacham and we wish him continued success at the Big Ten Network. More Big Sports Radio after this. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you, too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. talking NFL a bit earlier um guys bears are the number one pick um for bears fans I'm sure the consensus is they'll find a way to screw this up um but what do you what do you who do you think they'll take or or will they trade it what are they going to do man I I really think you have to trade if you think Justin Field it Fields is your quarterback of the future then you have to trade down to acquire more assets because that number one pick's valuable and you could if you can acquire two or three picks out of this then i think two or three first round picks maybe you know a little bit lower i think that's the way to go um if you don't think he's the guy then you go take you know uh bryce young yeah you you have to play a little bit of a game of chicken because if you do take the, uh bryce young you know then you end up lowering the value you know of fields in, in terms of trade so they they've got to play a little bit of uh a uh, little bit of poker here, but I do think that they need to get more picks and, and because this team has just so many weaknesses now that yeah. you, you can't just load up with one player. Yeah. And again, salary cap wise, you know, find those players that can fit yep. in, save you some money at the same time. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, a little college basketball. I want to get to a little bit more in uh, before we close um, <laughs> guys. I mean, as Brad has said so many times, who wants to win this thing? I mean, I mean, Houston, Twenty point loss uh, as a favorite. Uh, Kansas losing three straight going into the weekend to take on Kentucky. Uh, North Carolina number one preseason fell completely off the rankings. I mean, what's going on in college hoops? It's really insane. I, I don't know. I mean, one day 
you know, they look good and, you know, then they find a way to lose. I mean, I, you know, about the time you think somebody, you anoint somebody, oh, Kansas, they're going to be good again this year. They lose, they, they fall apart. Look like they, you know, they're really struggling. And then, um, then you've got, you know, I, I think they've Kansas lost three in a row. I mean, that's yeah. crazy for them, but you know, then you've got teams like, Oh, now it's going to be Arizona. Well, then they lay an egg. And then it's Kansas State, and then they lay an egg. Tennessee, who's, who's next to lay an egg? And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I can't figure out if there's there's no dominant team. There's no dominant team. And that's why I think the NCAA tournament is wide open. I mean, I don't think you, you know, yeah, they're, it's all about matchups. Now it's just going to be, do you match up well with that team? And if you match up well with that team, I don't care what they're ranked. You You can pull that upset. Yeah, I, the matchups are going to be critical. I still like Houston better than I do anybody else because of their defense and that uber athleticism. But really, they they couldn't hold on to the to the top ranking either. I really think this is going to be one of those um, tournaments that is is why I'm going to be very thankful I don't bet a lot because <laughs> I think you're going to see upsets galore this time. And it, matchups. The other thing is you can't afford to have a cold game in this NCAA tournament, because um, with the parody, the way it is, you got to play well or you're done. Yeah. You mentioned about uh, Kansas only the fourth time in Bill Self's 20 years that they've had a three game losing streak. I mean, people talk about self and Kansas and, you know, yeah, big 12. Did they really win this many, you know, consecutive championships, whatever. Listen, <laughs> self's a hall of famer. I mean, he's got two rings. He probably will get more before he's done. He's not a very old guy. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I know it's Kansas, but you know, look, ask John Shire doesn't matter, you know, the history of the program. Um, and that's something else too, that I think is different about this year that you, you know, for the first time, um, since 1980, you don't have a Mike Krzyzewski or a Roy Williams in the game. I mean, you know, this is a new Jim Beheim may not be in the tournament though. This week they had a great game. I thought against North Carolina, but came up short uh, up at the, in the carrier dome, but uh, you know, it, it's a chance now for some new teams to come out. Um, Miami's playing well under Jim Laranega, who's an outstanding coach. Who's also, you know, 70 um, Clemson's playing well in the ACC. We've talked about Purdue uh, right now. Gonzaga, you know, maybe a, a step back a little bit, but UCLA has come back strong after an early season, a couple of losses. So, I think that's the fun thing where you get a chance to see some other teams, uh, Kansas state with Jerome Tang, maybe the story of the year right now. Um, that's the fun part of March that, yeah, we may get a chance to see some, some fresh blood in there. Yeah. And what happens if Chris Collins has a hot finish to the year at oh. Northwestern and John Shire doesn't at Duke, how, you know, I mean, you've got a North, you got a Duke graduate who's putting together a good resume and, Shire is going to be on, could be on the hot seat, you know, in a couple, three years when you don't really expect that. Yeah, that's wild. It is wild. But here's the thing. You know what I would say? You get in the NCAA tournament, I would fear nobody out there. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. there are some years you go, I don't want to play that team. Oh, that team's a, right. There's no team that I go, they can't be beat. No, every team is beatable. And, you know, I'm not saying you're going to see another 116, but I, I think you might see an eight or a nine beat a one this year. Yeah, it could be like we saw in 2014 with a seven seed and eight seed playing for the championship. Although I'm, I'm going to predict one thing on the record that's crazy. I don't think Purdue is going to fall victim to a big upset because it's going to take a talented team to figure out how to defeat the seven foot four monstrosity that is Zach Eady. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll 
I, I okay, I'll give you that. But as we know, any given night, if his shots aren't falling and the threes aren't falling, I mean, you know, we talk about Kentucky losing to St. Peter's. Purdue did too. Yeah, I just, I just feel like the, the way he's playing this year, yeah. he's going to get his twenty to thirty. But you're right; the rest of the team's got to be there. Yeah, yeah. The the one thing about them, what they've done is they have won a they've won a few really close games where they've trailed down the stretch. But he is such a force that at the end of the game, they just throw the ball, just throw it up at the rim, and it's seven four guy. And it's like it's like when I'm was coaching sixth grade basketball and I had a six two kid. I mean, I, I was a really good coach. Just throw it to the six two kid. He could he made a layup. So it was really he, he reminds me of me when I play on a nerf hoop. <laughs> it's you very similar. I mean? He With makes more than you do, though, Mike. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're like Matt Dillon, and there's something about Mary. You know, all of a sudden, you're, you're a star. So anyone, anyone who saw the movie, you know what I'm talking about. I won't get into yeah, the- yeah. <laughs> uh, Hey, we've got about a minute left. Uh, Mike, you've got a little wrestling tip you want to talk about. Oh, this weekend, folks, it's the Royal Rumble, the second biggest event of the year. They have a 30-man Royal Rumble to see who's going to take on Roman Reigns for the title at WrestleMania. Rumors are, I don't think it's going to happen, but rumors are there's a possibility The Rock might be make it back. I don't think it's going to happen, but but maybe we see The Rock versus Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is the head of the table, the Samoan Superman, and he could end up going up against his uncle or cousin or whatever The Rock is to him. That'd be a lot of fun. So you got to tune that in. I know, Larry, you're going to be watching. It's on yeah. Peacock. Sturdy's Sturdy's got a blank look as well. I know he's gonna be watching too. So <laughs> hey, we gotta leave it there, unfortunately. <laughs> Roman Reigns, go baby, the rock. They're all about ratings. I, so. I'm still t- I remember the macho man, Hulk Hogan, NWO, and that since then I've been out. So yeah. Andre the Giant. I mean, all the guys I knew were yeah. Rick Flair. Woo! Maybe Woo! that too. The name. Uh, it's your boy. Oh, and we're up against uh, the top of the hour. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk again on the same station at the same time next week. Take care. Enjoy. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports LLC and Revision Sound. We'll be back next week on Big Sports Radio Network.